Welcome to B2B Weekly. Every Wednesday, Marty Sanchez and I, Nemanja Živković, will be your host in a weekly Q&A where we talk all B2B related things. From sales, demand generation, social media, personal branding, lead generation, we focus on real examples, on real case studies, and we share things we only share with our team. So you get to see the way we grow our companies, the way we do marketing for our clients, you get to see everything. And not only that, you get a chance to jump on the call with us, ask questions live and share your perspective on the topic. If you are an executive, marketeer or salesperson, this is for you. Welcome to the B2B Weekly. We haven't spoken in a while. Um, did the wedding go through and everything? Everything went well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all good. Like, the ring is here. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. But I'm excited for you. How's married life? Hey, it's the same as, uh, as it was before. I mean, basically, we, we were living together for almost two years. So it's just a continuation. Love that. I love that. I, I'm recording. I'll keep an eye um, when new, new people um, join in. Uh, but this is the first episode of season two of B2B Weekly. Um, I think I can speak for both me and Nemanja that we're very excited to be back. Um, it, it has given us time to like recharge and come up with some new content ideas that I think are going to be interesting. Uh, so I think this season two, season one was amazing. I think season two is going to be even better. Yeah, uh, I totally agree. I, I received some great feedback from the people that I didn't even know that were listening to, to B2B Weekly. So uh, I want, just want to say thank you to, to everyone. They, they give us a feedback that he, we have been a little bit inconsistent with, with topics. I mean, just talking about so many things, but that's, that's how, how this thing works. Actually, we react to some things that is happening us during the week then we come up here to discuss and you ask questions and get into discussions with us so we extend to more topics exactly i think we're both practitioners so we're both on the trenches every week so it's easy to come up with new topics i have a few that i want to run by you today um, nice. That, that's why I was thinking about topics and I said, okay, Marty will have something prepared. <laughs> I, I, I always do. I always do. I have three topics prepared that I want to run through today. I think they're very nice. interesting. Um, and we can jump right into it. I have a hard stop in about 50 minutes. Um, but it, there's one topic that I've been struggling with lately um, in a sales conversation with a new prospect that we're um, you know, t- talking to. Um, we're, they're very interested. We're very interested as well, but they're a different type of company in terms of like they're larger in size, so they're uh, a bit more enterprise than we used to. So there's uh, the sales process is usually different from what I am used to as well. So I'm used to working directly with the founder, the CEO, um, in one-on-one communication, and then having that convert. If they say yes, then it's a go. If they say no, then the, the project doesn't move forward. Uh, but in this case, I'm talking to like the go-to-market director because the company has more people and more uh, decision makers in the middle. Uh, one of the things that they're more focused on is how to actually um, track and measure uh, brand marketing. So that's a challenge that I think we're facing of like, 
they're very focused on how exactly can we track brand marketing, and that's something that I'm struggling with communicating, I think. Um, so I wanted to hear about your thoughts in terms of like, how do you measure brand marketing? Um, if you, you guys use any specific APIs, if it's more of a strategy and understanding and mindset when it comes to it. Um, so that, that, I think that could be the first topic of brand marketing. Yeah, that's, that's always an interesting topic. I don't think that there is one solution. I think a lot of people are doing it uh, in their own way. Companies are developing the new things. I was just listening today to... Um, what was the name? Chris Walker and Megan's podcast, Demand yep. Generation. Yeah, and they were saying that they were also developing new ways to track to track uh, like brand. And um, the way I see it, there are a couple of things that can be measured. Like, first of all, if we look from the from the SEO and search perspective, it's is the number of queries that are related to brand. Um, going up uh, also if I don't know we are doing like the, the personal branding of the of the executive of the management team are those names coming up in in the search if we have been doing uh, personal branding for a while yeah. then uh, if we look on let's say on LinkedIn because like we're B2B and it's uh, LinkedIn focused I mean our is the company the one that is popping up in the conversations? Are the, there the mentions? Are there some specific things like um, people sharing the content, mentioning the company? Uh, and but how do you track that? Because that's one of the things that I was telling him, right? Like for example, for us, uh, we have a lot of people who like reach out inbound, you know, go to the website, schedule a call, and then they talk to me and they say, I saw your LinkedIn content or I saw your Twitter content or I saw the podcast. That's why I reached out. Um, and it happens to a lot of our clients as well. They say, um, this client, like this prospect reached out and during the call, they mentioned, I saw that you posted on LinkedIn uh, and I read that post and that's what um, made me talk to you. Uh, but it's hard to measure. So do you mention, like, how do you measure that specifically? Or do we even have to measure that specifically? Yeah, we don't at the moment, uh, yeah. but uh, I mean, on LinkedIn right now, we are measuring like, you can see on the LinkedIn page who's, who's mentioning, are the conversations around your name going, and we are using like the specific hashtag with, uh, with the brand uh, keyword, and we are going with that, not the keyword that's specific, not like b2b or b2b marketing but the name of the company or the tagline or something like that that we come up with and yeah. this is something that we are using um constantly so you would drive people who like search like funky marketing for example yeah there, there is there is a way or to mania funky or something like that. yeah, yeah there, there's a way to track how many people are following specific hashtags right uh so that's also one way to do it, it all depends what's your goal and what are some efforts that you're doing when it comes to brand. So what do you measure based on that? I mean, here we are talking mostly about, about using personal brand to grow, to grow company brand, those kind of things. But there are also some other things that we are not mentioning here that much. They are very uh, measurable when it comes to that. I mean, there are all kinds of tools that we can use. I'm not using any of them for years now, so I cannot come up with the names but uh, 
tools they are measuring how many times the name of your company pops up in uh, not only in search but over social media right. and yeah, i don't google mean trends, right? i don't mean like mentioning right so yeah google trends is also one of the ways to to track something but you need to go really big so so you can get actually there yeah for me this is important right i obviously understand that there's a need for us to like be able to show results to clients and for companies doing it internally like they have to see if things are working or not um, but it also comes from like a marketing understanding initially right it's a mindset thing to me as much as it is like numerical so i we can track you know how many people check out the, my linkedin profile or how many people go to the website um, but, but there are a lot of things that cannot be tracked and if the people you work with, if you're a marketer if within a company, your CEO or your VP of marketing or, or your, um, like your superior in that end, or if you're an agency and you're working with clients, I think it's very important that you work with clients who understand that there's certain things that are untrackable and they're dark in, the, in brand marketing. So the, like we were saying, right, like people mentioning, you know, that the, they have read the LinkedIn post on a sales call, you're probably not going to track that but it does make a difference. It's the whole reason why they reached out. So at the end of the day, you can feel if things are working or not, um, but you know, these qualitative measures that for some people, they're hard to, like it, it doesn't come naturally to them, but other people understand it better. And, and that makes it easier for them to create a good, successful content marketing campaign, even if they cannot give you a spreadsheet that shows that they've driven revenue. But one thing that, one way that I like to, put it this if you stop doing this would revenue go down and if it would go down that means that the difference is what it's actually like your content marketing campaign is 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 coming through um so if you cannot track exactly how much but you can say this is a big factor in terms of like our revenue growth and if we stopped it we wouldn't continue to grow at the same rate yeah, yeah, uh, that's exactly what I was thinking. And um, I think I wrote about it yesterday or day, day before. Uh, the companies that we've been working with and the companies that we are working with at the moment, all of them have marketing tied to revenue. So the, the marketing person, or at least communications person, is the one who is in charge of the sales, of the marketing, let's say marketing and content team and of the branding team. And I mean, by branding, usually it's design, but, uh, but there's only one person. So it's usually, I don't know, the CMO or sometimes it can be like marketing and communications director or whatever is the name, but that person is making sure that all of them are aligned to revenue. Right. So, uh, they set up the weekly meetings so sales and marketing can actually exchange experiences, their efforts, and can be aligned on that. And then basically you have only one goal that you need to track. And you just see what are the efforts and track the revenue. What has been changed? Is this getting the revenue grow or it uh, stays the same or it goes lower? So it's uh, making things simple and making uh, everything uh, related to what it should be related uh, yeah, because like marketing I see it as something that is related to the to the revenue to the business goals and then 
like it's the closest thing to the to the revenue and when you do it like this it's totally different than if you're um tithing marketing to be responsible to sales let's say because then we get back to what market most of the companies are doing right now we go back to mqls right yeah for me it, it's interesting because yesterday i was chatting with the ceo of a outbound agency and they're a client of us and basically like we were running the kick of their new client and i asked him a question that i asked all clients if we fast forward 12 months from today and we'll look back to today what would have happened um, for you to say, I'm, I'm happy that I invested in Influence Podium. This was a successful work, uh, project. And, and he was start, like, we started talking about KPIs, right? And, and he told me, like, engagement to me is a means to an end. I don't care about impressions. I don't care about likes. All I care is, like, how many leads you generate. And I was like, honestly, do you even care about how many leads you, we generate? Or do you care about how much revenue we generate? And, and he was like, you're right. Like, I don't, like, if it's five leads and they all close, like that it's better than 20 leads at four close. Um, so we, we started talking about that. And, and I think that's the North Star that every company, every agency should be striving for. Inbound revenue generated is the one thing that means it's been successful or it hasn't. Now it's not gonna happen right away and, and there needs to be patience and consistency. But if you think long-term and then you make it as simple as possible, which is how much sourced inbound revenue we generate, that's where you cannot go wrong, right? Because um, then it, it, it like, we, are, we always say this, like likes don't pay rent, followers don't pay rent. And when we start talking, like most of the clients that we've had issues with are those clients that wanted likes, impressions, because it's, it's a matter of ego, right? It's not about their company, it's about their ego. And, and when that happens, honestly, we, we don't deliver great results because that's not what we're for. We're for delivering your revenue. Um, so, so the mindset that they approach the conversation with, I think is super important and makes all the difference on whether they're, they're gonna be a good partner or they're like, we're not gonna be able to help them. Totally agree. I think we covered, we covered the topic. I mean, we can go, we can get back to this topic in a while and get back to see, did we do it right? Did we measure the right way or we didn't? I love that. I have a couple more things. Um, one of them was, you know, I, I talked to a lot of people, especially CEO, B2B CEOs, who are like considering creating content on LinkedIn. And <clears throat> I see some of them have certain um, things that worry them uh, before like creating content. And I was wondering, and going all in on LinkedIn as like a social media platform for B2B companies, B2B CEOs. And so I was wondering, what have you seen that stops people from you know investing time or money whatever they want to do it outsource or in-house into linkedin content uh, like what, what do you think are the things that they fear that they make them stop what have you seen around um that stops people from going all in on linkedin yeah uh, i can i can use an example i go over it is is the the client that we are now negotiating with a huge client with a with a board where they are like CEOs of Under Armour, of Colgate, of other companies. So a huge, a huge uh, institute. Yeah. And um, what we received as an initial thing, uh, we've been approached by their team 
so they wanted to pitch like the 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 board with uh, with going all in all in on their um, social media efforts, but mostly with thought leadership content, those kind of things, because they have like great people in the board, and those people are not sharing anything or they are creating like events out of which they don't share the result. So um, one thing that we received as the main issue is that they don't get uh, revenue from LinkedIn, from social media. They know, they are aware, like mostly they are like older people, let's say 50 plus years old. And they understand that they need to be present on social media, but they don't want to invest uh, more efforts over there because they uh, didn't see social media give results ever. So that is the issue. So to get them there, we needed to show them a couple of different uh, strategies these companies they're using, a couple of different approaches. And uh, now when they have seen it, like, some of the things that we have shown. Like how can we distribute the webinar? When the webinar is done, how can somebody from the team approach people and um, share the content, get one-on-one relationships and start doing that with, with people who were on the, present on the webinar? How can they distribute content? How can they create the community and the membership on, on LinkedIn? Because they're like the institute and they uh, live out of membership, but like so we show them how the revenue genius are growing right you know like that kind of examples and they understood it but some other things why people are not posting is that can i stop you and make mm-hmm. it uh isn't it funny how like they've so they've they've sucked the way i understand it they've sucked at social media for until now that's why they're approaching you and they said we've never generated revenue yeah because you suck at it that's why you're here you know, it's like, it's a fish that eats its own tail. I know, I don't know if it's an American saying, we say it in Spain. But if you suck at it, you're not going to get revenue. So that cannot be an excuse to not do better because, it, like, you know what I mean? It's kind of productive of, and kind of thinking. So it just funny to me how, like, hey, it's never worked for us. Yeah, because you don't know shit. That's why you're here. But... Yeah, you, you know, but it's, it's uh, sometimes it's hard to explain and, and I find that related to also if, when marketing team is trying to explain to the CEO why they need to do some things. Right. It's basically the same. And like we are talking with some people that have done amazing things when it comes to business. Uh, they, are, they aren't people that are just starting. So they have seen some things working and they have feed their business out of few different channels and strategies, but it's not social media. And that's why we need to simplify as much as possible, use as many examples as possible, just to, to get them to realize the potential of it and to see like the different, uh, the different side of what can happen and how the world is changing and evolving. Yeah, no, I, I, I love that. I'm actually gonna steal that from you of like sharing relevant examples, even if I'm not involved in them but companies are similar. Actually, if you can, if you have something about RevGenius that you can share with me, I'd love to like take a look um, with you. Send. What, what other things do you see? I see, let me, let me throw one, one in. I think uh, one can be 
that I, I call it the empty stand syndrome, which is like people thinking that they're not going to be listened to and that people don't care. And, and these are people who are like, for us, like multi-million dollar CEOs of like great companies who have done achieved, who have achieved amazing things. And they're like, no, nobody's going to care. It, I mean, nobody's scared now because you haven't, it's the same thing, right? Like, until now, no one's scared because you haven't shared. But when you start sharing, things are, people are going to care. Um, so, so having that understanding of like content is not like an ego boost type of thing or it's, you know, yelling at people or selling at people. It's actually helping others and educating them. Um, it's a trend mindset shift that we try to like help our clients with um, because the best educators are the best content marketers. So I always think if you achieve something, you, you have even a moral responsibility to share it with other people. Yeah, um, look, like there, there are a few ways to, to, get, to get people there. Some of the things um, we're doing right now when it comes to the companies that have like bigger teams, uh, it's easier when there are just a few people because it means that they have just started the business. Right. And they, those are the people that maybe they're not doing it, but they understand it in most right. cases. Uh, but uh, where there are huge teams, there are also people that aren't active on, on social media and then don't realize the possibilities of it. What does it mean for them personally, not for the company? And so uh, when we do that, we start with, uh, with workshops, with internal inside the company, so we can help them understand a few things. And then we create like the safety zone. What does it mean the safety zone? It means like sort of a hub, a group, it can be just like a WhatsApp group, doesn't matter, or Slack. Uh, basically, a group when they can share some things that are on their mind. We start with that. So there is something that got my attention this week. I thought maybe I can share something with you, not on LinkedIn, but with you. And then the others say, okay, you can use this kind of tone to, to set it up. You can uh, reverse the word orders. You can do something like that and when it's prepared like they all give the feedback so when they give the feedback they actually build the self-confidence of that person and the next time they will do it better and when they do it and the whole group is giving them feedback so like cheers everything like on social media and when the posting happens it's only the extension of what's going on inside the company inside that hub so uh, those people that have reacted inside inside the company will react also social media. So they will give them the initial boost, the self-confidence and everything. And all the others that um, are not, that those things are not enough for them to, to, to start creating content. They will, they will see how others are supporting themselves, how they are uh, cheering each other. And they will say, okay, let me try to do something else because all of them are doing it and it looks like fun. It's peer pressure. Yeah, and also, but one thing that needs to happen is that you need the CEO on your side. You need the CEO to be involved there and to CEO to first learn how to do it and then him or her to actually be there to give also feedback as everybody else are. So when they see the decision maker, the main guy or the lady in the company being there in the hub in trenches, helping them out. 
What do you think? Will they have the confidence to do it or not? Of course, of course. You, you need leadership. I was going to say that 100%. Um, and I think this is important, especially if you're a marketer within a business and you want to like own that project and implement it. Now, I kind of disagree a little bit. Like, I love what you mentioned. I love the process that you brought in. And I think it's 100% correct. Now, as a founder of an agency, like a smaller size agency, I'd be reluctant of working with a company who I have to do all that for them to create content. Like, I don't know if I'd say this is worth our time or this is worth the investment of like trying to teach you something. That you, like, I don't want to spend my time convincing you that the strategy is right. Uh, like, because um, I, I don't have like, I cannot afford to lose clients. I want to work with clients that are ideal. Um, so for me, an ideal client is someone that already believes in the strategy. They just need help implementing. Um, so, so I think it's important of like, if you're a founder of an agency and you, like, you have to convince people that you are, like that the strategy is right, it's tough. It's tough. Because um, then like, there's a scope creep, there's more time you have to invest, headaches, people going back. Like it's, I'd say be aware. But, but I do think that if you want to convince them, what you said is 100% correct. Like you have to walk them through it step by step until they're ready to Yeah, I, I wanted to let you explain why, why do you think uh, you should do that. And just to say that I agree with you, we don't disagree. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't actually work with people that don't realize that they need those things. So the, the CEO maybe don't know how to do it, but he understands that he needs that. Because that's the other things that I've seen people stop people from creating content that they don't know how to do, right? Or that they don't have time. And those are much easier problems to be solved because then you can help them. But if, so they, if they believe in the strategy, they just, they're not a good writer or they're not a good video creator or they don't have time, then it's a matter of like creating a system, out creating a team that leverages that. So for example, with us, like we spend one hour, uh, month with our clients interviewing them um and then that's all that they have to do right it's easy to be interviewed when they send you the questions in advance it's your area of expertise there's no pressure there's no public just you and somebody that you like and want to work with uh but this that's why i think uh, there, there's there's a question um how do you do engagement do they engage in comments from our part when we do those kind of things like we can do a lot of things for them but engagement in other people's comments or in their comments but when, when it's something that, need, that they need to share like insights value they need to do it on their own 100 percent, same thing so i've actually been proposed by clients like if we have someone that will engage for them and we don't do that because because it's very very complicated um what we do to help them is for example on twitter we create a twitter list with people in their network so people who we think they should be engaging with people with high audiences that have similar audience and stuff like that and same thing on linkedin through sales navigator um, so we help you set up and, and make your life easier but the engagement you have to do it yourself because it's your own thoughts right you, we don't know what you think unless we've interviewed you I think. so so we don't do engagement they have to do it themselves yeah yeah that's, that's it. Uh, we do it too because they need to realize and we need to get some things out of it. Like there are, there are some clients that we have that um, they don't exist 
like outside of LinkedIn, they don't exist. If I Google to find an interview, anything about them, they don't exist. So I thought I tell them like, listen, man, I need to hear your thoughts to, yeah. to see how you're thinking, what's your direction, where do you want to go? How do you handle business, everything. And there are two things that you can do it. You can comment on other people's posts and go really deep on those, uh, in those comments and we'll follow and create posts out of that. Or uh, what's the other thing that you can do? You can also send us what things that you are consuming, yeah. things that you are reading, posts that you are reading, anything. A competitor of ours does it like that. They ask to be sent things that they're consuming, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's how some of those things are working. I have another topic that I want to run by you. I have a couple more, actually. Um, Guys, feel free to to jump in and ask maybe additional questions if you yeah, have if some. Yeah, just... questions. You can put them on the chat. Uh, we'll get mm-hmm. to them. While well, we wait for questions, I want to run by you. Uh, how do you see inbound plateau? So, do you see at the one point that in, um, content and inbound it starts to slow down uh, after a certain time? Uh, and if so, how do you fight that? What, what are some things that you do to expand and compound over through content um, to overcome that plateau that can potentially happen? Or do you just never see it for yourself or for the clients? Mm, it's, it's an interesting question and an interesting topic. Um, I didn't see it yet, but I think it can happen if you keep doing the same things. But if you keep innovating always at something new new channels new approaches new design all those different things you'll you'll keep getting results from it and also like when i sit inbound i'm also considering advertising over there but advertising as uh, like consuming content and distributing content to, to for the people to consume it i'm also considering that let's focus just on organic like uh, let's say organic content on LinkedIn, for example, let's, let's focus on that. Uh, what are some of the things that you think of innovating? I have a couple of ideas, but uh, like what are some things that you say, I, I, I'm going to test it out over time, try new things. Give me something specific that you can do to overcome, you know, inbound plateau and always doing the same thing. Yeah, uh, there are a lot of uh, simple but different things. So let's say on LinkedIn, what are some things that we are seeing? We are seeing like text posts, we are seeing maybe video posts, and we are seeing from time to time like posts with pictures, right? Uh, but so when we look at that, what can you do to be different? You can go with, with GIFs maybe. And what's, what's cool with that, that you can, you can go and be a little bit say salesy, have a sort of like attitude. Yeah. And because of the gift, nobody will notice that. They will be okay with, with it. And that's how basically you get, you get different. Or you can, you can add some different things if you have created videos which are like, uh, like this one, when you can see the person, maybe you can create the audiogram yeah. based on that and go with, with some different things. Like I have seen, who has been doing it? No idea. Uh, even send me the, the, the post, but it's like typing. Uh, how the person is uh, is saying thing, how the audio is going, it it looks like somebody is, oh, is typing on the screen. Yeah, so that's that's also that's also uh, 
it's also cool. Uh, also, some other things, some other things. You can change uh, how you create your copy. You can go and be specific, share, um, let's say, data, statistics, those kind of things. And then you can just switch to the more personal stories. I love that. I was going to, you, you sold that point for me. I was like, the type of content you create can, can be different. Not only the topic, you can talk about, you know, LinkedIn, but also B2B content marketing, more general, but like the specific like method of communicating in terms of like, you know, with stories, you can go data, you can go get testimonials. I, I think that helps a lot in terms of like changing things up and, and reaching different audiences. Also, a couple of things that I would add to it, I'd say sometimes you have to like sell your soul to the devil and do one of those posts that you know it's going to get great reach and might not, you know, uh, be super specific about like who you're trying to target, but that can also be like an increase in, in your audience. Um, so that, that can be helpful. Another thing can be like engaging in different groups of people. So something that I see on LinkedIn and Twitter is that people have that you know, close network that they basically hang out with all the time and they never shy away from that. Uh, and what I'm trying to do is try to open to different groups and communities, right? There's a B2B marketing community on LinkedIn, but there's also a venture capital community that I want to like be part of. There's the bootstrap community on Twitter. That's also a community to be a part of. Um, so trying to like go through the different communities and engage through them, I think opens up to you to new markets. And another way, great way to do that is through collaborating and creating co-branded content. So for example, you and I, are, like you join my community, I join your community through this podcast. But I could interview, you know, you interviewed right today somebody from Gravy. So now you're joining that community a little bit because your name's there. Um, so interviewing different people and creating content together is a way to open yourself to new networks and to new communities and expand and avoid inbound plateau that I think can happen if you do the same thing over and over and, and don't go away from that. Yeah, I mean, you, you cannot just, uh, it's not all, only about content, it's about anything. Right. You cannot just go like, I say, I'm, I'm creating personal offers to everyone. And then you end up creating the same offer for everyone, you're just saying it's personal. Right. And you are wasting time on that instead of just sending the sending one thing. Um, it, happen, it happens a lot to, to everyone in every aspect of, of, of the business. So you need always to innovate. When you don't innovate, you, you're going down. There is, there is one thing that not many people are talking about. And uh, it's um, when you start doing demand gen. And basically, you're what you want to do first is to catch the existing demand, right? So when you do that, you just go with what's over there on the market and all the competitors are doing the same. And as the market is growing, you are growing with, with the market. But if the competitors are innovating, creating new demand and you're not, basically you're going down and you're not winning, you are then losing. And, uh, Basically, this is uh, just an example when you can see that you constantly need to innovate. I mean, even if you are going up, the market is going up and you are going up with the market, you may be still losing, but you don't realize that because your competitors are innovating and creating new demand instead of you doing that. 
Exactly. It's not that you're losing, but you're losing to them. You, you're not winning at, a, at the faster rate that you could. So you're not well, if, if you're not winning at the rate of when you, uh, on which your competitors are, you're losing. And it's a philosophical question. I think losing is when you go down. You know? You're not winning as much as you could. That's how I'd put it. But it, we're saying the same thing. Uh, we have a question here uh, from Azare. I work for a B2B business that deals with police security in the United States, which is a controversial topic at the moment. How can we increase brand awareness in social media without our image being hurt? Um, this is a great question and very interesting. We'll, we'll love to hear your thoughts. I have some ideas as well. Let's, actually... uh, let, let's see if, uh, if we can get Azure on a, on a call and maybe extend a little bit on the, the topic. Yeah, that works. Azure, if you want to unmute yourself and can I walk us through uh, the situation a little bit more? Yeah. Can you guys hear me? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, me and I have my marketing coordinator partner here. His, his name is Jordan. Um, so we deal with a police officer company and we do B2B. We are the middlemen between companies and police officers. So, um, we just have trouble coming out with new ways to market our business. We have tried doing like Facebook brand awareness campaigns and we have gotten pretty ugly comments. So we're afraid that instead of reaching what we want to do, we'll hurt our, em our image. And so, yeah, we have done LinkedIn as well, which we don't get those types of comments on LinkedIn, but you know, it's, we feel like we're not reaching our fullest potential right now because of how the, how controversial the topic is at the moment. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I totally understand because it really is a difficult time to, you know, create content around that space. I'm going to the States um, tomorrow and, and I know how the situation has been over the last really few years, but especially last few months. Um, and, and it makes sense that on LinkedIn, there's less of those comments because the, the audience is different and people don't want to like, um, they, they don't want to get controversial in, in their comments and all that. And it's a bit more professional. So it seems like LinkedIn can be a safe heaven if you want to call it that. Uh, but obviously, and it seems that LinkedIn is not enough for you guys uh, to do that. W one way is, you know, to go outbound and that reach the people who you want to reach directly without uh, going through the middle ground of the general public. And then, but if you still want to um, create that awareness on Facebook and Instagram, then I, I think it's very important that you reveal very carefully like the messaging and the copy of the post and, and the impression that you're giving. Um, and people will say stuff uh, anyway, but you know, try, it, it, I think it kind of goes on a creative and copy piece by piece that has to be reviewed. But from an overall perspective, and I'm sure you're already doing, reveal everything that can potentially send the wrong message. And then I don't know the company as good as I could, but if I was there, I'd try to see if there's any way that we can own that, right? That we can accept the situation and be the ones that we bring it up um, first before the market brings it to us. Uh, I always think about the movie Eight Mile where um, I think, I mean, I'm like, he talks about what he's done or, or with the negative things about their life or their situation before the other person can talk about it. 
So maybe there's a way that you can carefully like bring that topic up and say, okay, we understand that this is the situation. This is how, what we're doing to help. Um, so something that's honest and transparent and as raw as possible, that doesn't so look like PR-ish um, from a copy or a creative standpoint, but that no becomes aware of the situation and, and shows that they're um, that they that you guys understand what's happening could potentially help. I, I don't know if Nemanja has some thoughts here. Um, yeah. It's a bit hard without bringing the specifics. But uh, I mean, basically, you you need to do reverse of of what we would say in other circumstances that you should do. Uh, you should not get controversial because you are already in the controversial situation or the state. And basically, you need to count things down in this situation. That's, I mean, I totally agree with what, uh, what you, Marty, said. Basically, that, that's it. Just check that uh, everything you post, everything you use, each piece of content is not getting people um, having second opinions or see the, being a, be able to see different picture. Be clear on your messaging and what you want to say. So uh, don't leave space for the people to, to think different things. I mean, that, those are some mistakes that even when it's not this kind of situation people are, are making, when they are, I mean, that's marketing. We want people to, to think and use some different things. But as I'm saying, your situation is that you don't want people to, to go a, and think in, in a way that, uh, that is not good for you. You want them only to think about well-being, safety, those kind of things, and now I think in the U.S. with the, uh, it's not official, right? Biden has not won officially, but it will happen. So uh, I think there is a whole wave of like calmness all around the, the country. So maybe you can use that just to get on top of that and see, look, okay, we are coming with that wave. We are coming with uh, with our offers, with what you have to say, and bringing you even more safety. Yeah, I added a couple of things to that. I, when we were talking about the copy of like trying to be, you know, conservative or, uh, you know, calm things down, I think what we're trying to say uh, without any of us being super clear, I think is being very specific about what you do. So, yeah, the more specific that you can be about like what you do without getting political, um, that that's how you get less people involved, right? Like you're just a business doing now offering a service and trying to impact positively. Um, so I, I try to be super specific. And then I, I look to see like, is it worth it? Like is being on Facebook worth it to you guys? If like you're hurting your awareness, like your brand image is, is getting hurt, but you're not getting any business or you won't potentially get business from that. Is that needed at all? Or can you focus on, on other ways that to, to make an impact and, and build brand awareness on the people who want to work with you? Um, so I, I just reveal, like, is this the right place to send this message? Uh, and if it's not, then cut it out because it might only be negative stuff. Um, but it's a very interesting topic. We'll, we'll love to learn more of it. Um, hopefully, these are some positive thoughts that um, we gave you as a... Yeah, uh, those are great um, pieces of advice. I um, We feel like we have been very conservative in the past, like, two years. And um, we, we usually do our marketing through networking events and things like that. But obviously with COVID, it has been a, 
uh, very challenging. So we're trying to get more into the social media space and uh, take advantage of that. So yeah, I think um, maybe we'll have to reevaluate if Facebook is the right path for us um, or focus more on LinkedIn and go directly to the people. Hmm? What's the specific target audience? Like uh, job role, like? Uh... Yeah, so um, it would be like people in charge of security for companies. It can either be like operations roles or head of security, vice president of security, um, roles like that. Yeah, personally, and I might be completely wrong, so take this with a grain of salt, but I don't think Facebook's the right place to do that. Uh, maybe if you're advertising, it makes sense if you're able to like do it very targetedly. Uh, but like from an organic standpoint, it, it doesn't seem like the place that you're going to get results. And all you're going to get is people commenting and, and talking negatively about the company. But personally. <laughs> Yeah, I think um, from the, I think we've only done the ad for like a month and we haven't really seen any um, objective results, I would say. So I think um, we might just move forward with LinkedIn and keep it a little cleaner on there. That, that's where I focus. I, I think you're going to get much better results. People are going to be much more, you know, um, respectful, if you want to call it. To, to, mm -hmm. um, I think your target audience is mostly there. I know an agency, a, fr a friend runs an agency who's done things in the security space. Uh, if you want, feel free to connect on me on LinkedIn and I can like share what they're doing uh, over a message. Yeah. Uh, they, they focus more on LinkedIn because that's where like their audience really lives in and they, mm -hmm. they have more direct way to like network with them, um, communicate with them with outreach on LinkedIn or messages. Um, so, th so that's where I double down on and, and see how that goes. Right. Thank you, guys. Our pleasure. If uh, we have any other questions, I have a question for you, Nemanja. I don't know if you want to get into it or wait for other questions. Um, Let's get into it. Right. I have about 10 more minutes. And my question was, if you were to start a new company again, let's call Funky Marketing from start. You don't have a network. You don't have case studies. You don't have anything. Uh, would you start with brand marketing or would you focus on the outreach? Um, if I don't have anything like from Nothing. zero, you have skills, you have your own skills, but you Look don't like, have I, I'm going to tell you like when I started funky marketing, the first thing that I did, uh, outside of social media, I just found today the document. That's why it's <laughs> on my mind. So, um, I created a list of like all the IT, mostly tech development companies here in Novi Sad and in Belgrade, like around 80 companies are here in Novi Sad. And I started to go over their uh, websites and social media profiles and put everything in an Excel just to have an overview. And I made it to like eight company, I think. And I realized on the eight company that last four comments are like oh my god are they real what the fuck is that so i said no i don't want to go that way it means that uh, i will have to create a website for each one of them and i don't want to go there they have zero presence on social media i don't want to go there too so i took the other direction and start building like a, a momentum or i mean i had my own profile and sort of personal brand so i was able to do that but i will still do it i think right now it takes less time 
for you to create the engagement and the traction than what it used to be like five years ago, let's say, or even three years ago. Like Nick Bennett, it took him like six months to create a personal brand and the engagement on LinkedIn. Right. So if you, uh, I mean, we are right now creating out of the scratch for some clients like social media presence. And it took us two and a half months to get that person in the feed of, uh, I'm going to tell you the number, like uh, 1,670 people. Yep. And that's how it took us like two and a half months of constantly posting. Not anything else. He's not very a guy who is very much engaging with people. Yep. But he's just posting frequently, posting specific things, posting interesting things, mixing text with, uh, with visuals, not even videos. And it started to, get re to give results. Yep. If I were to start Influence Podium again, I would, one, I would do two things. I would one, start a podcast. And yeah, that, that's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. We, we should have started that even earlier than, than we did. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'd start a podcast and interview my ideal clients and anyone that I want to network with. I would repurpose that into LinkedIn content. So I'd build that brand there. And then I'd create a list of my ideal clients, like you were doing, like between 50 and 100 of ideal 100% clients. And I would reach out. I would first interview on the podcast and then I would reach out and offer them one month for free of my services. And after the one month, I would sell them on the packages after like we, we worked together. Um, and, and that's how we did. I have no doubt that it would work. Yeah, there, there is only one thing that I want to mention here for everybody listening. So if you go with that pet, and I think it's a good one, uh, let's say you choose 10, 10 of them that you want to interview on your podcast. Those are 10 people that you need to forget about signing them uh, anytime soon. Yeah. Those should be like your long-term targets. And those that you want to get uh, getting quickly, you should do something different, not interview them on the podcast. I agree. I agree. But if you interview them for the podcast, I mean, especially if you do content marketing like we do, use that to show them what you could do for them. So something we do for our client, for the people I interview on, our, on my podcast, is we create between five and eight LinkedIn posts, written, video, audiograms, and we send them to them and say, here, post it. They're free. This is what we do as a company. And because I already have the team, I want to thank you for coming into the podcast. That's it. No, no call to action, nothing else. Um, yeah, I, I, we do the same with, now with Funky Marketing. Yeah, and then they see, like, it's like when you go to a supermarket and they give you that little piece of cheese for free, then you taste it and you're like, fuck, this is amazing. And then you buy the whole cheese. So it's kind of the same thing. And that's how I would run it. Um, I, I, looking back, I should have started the podcast earlier. And I did the client list and one month free, but I should have been more consistent with it. I think that's what slowed us in the beginning. Because um, the good thing is, once you have a few clients that are ideal, that you've done at least one month for free, you can use that as a case study as well. Um, so that's when you can start charging without doing that. So you get inbound from the podcast and the content that you repurpose, and then you get like a soft outbound with 
you know, the one month for free and all that. But that's how I run it. And hopefully that helps if anyone wants to like run a marketing agency or think about new growth ways. Uh, but or, or, you, or you want to run away from it. <laughs> or you want to run away from it. Because it's, I mean, it's easy to explain, but it's fucking takes a lot of work. Yeah, but, look, uh, there, is, there is one thing that, uh, that I'm realizing right now as we are reaching the end of the year. And like I'm kind of getting into into the um, strategy and whole plan for the next year. Yep. Uh, I'm actually trying to find time to to get to it fully. I've done uh, it. It's good. Uh, yeah, but um, there is one thing they are realizing: like until the end of the year, uh, like ninety percent of that to happen. Like we're gonna have uh, in. 2020, we we can say that we've been working with 30 clients who are small to medium-sized clients, and we close like two enterprises. Yeah, that's all going on right now. But I think at, uh, in the end of the year, we could have said that's been happening in 2020 for us. And basically, it means that what we are doing can give results even for the enterprises. And that's what I wanted to prove. It happens I didn't reach out to anybody. They reached out to me. So uh, I'm trying to, to finish those deals. And if it does, then I can say, okay, those things, what we are doing are really working. You just need to be patient. You need to listen to what we are saying. And you need to learn to do it the way we do it. If you do that, results will come. I love that. Uh, we should actually have a podcast episode reviewing um, the strategy for next year for funky marketing and influence podium and share um, share it to the world with your like objectives for for next year but anyway thank you everyone so much for taking the time to join us uh, we're so happy to be back with season two of b2b weekly uh, like always Nemanja a pleasure to chat with you and we'll see you next week Likewise. Milena thank you thank you guys Marty see you from the from the states right Next tomorrow, time. Tomorrow, 8 a.m. The flight's there. So packing, saying goodbye to the family and getting there. Nice. Uh, have a nice trip. Guys, see Talk you next day. week. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Cheers. Bye-bye.